Good morning. And we've been in the midst of a series centering around the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have worshiped him today already, and we have pointed out his shed blood for us, for our sins, so that we can have new life. We've heard some young kids, Michaela and Owen, share their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the gospel is meant to captivate us. It is meant to permeate every crevice of our lives. It's meant to be who we are. I want to begin by asking you a question and just give you a few moments to think about it. But, but if you were to die today and God asked you why he should let you into heaven, how would you answer him? If you are suddenly standing before God and he says, why should I let you into heaven? Think about it. What would your answer be? I want you to think about that for a moment. How we answer that question is a really big deal. Uh, it gives a, a clear understanding of what we believe is required for us to be in right relationship with God. And I tell you, I've asked that question many times of many people. And, and I want you to know that, that the majority of the time, people do not know the right answer to that question and, and almost always works are, are added to the equation. And, and because we feel inadequate, we, I many times hear people saying, well, I, I, you know, I, I'd be feeling kind of uh, vulnerable, but, but, but I, I've tried to do good things. I've tried to, to honor him. And, and yet, as we've declared already in worship the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we've talked about it the, the last couple of weeks, it, it's not about our works. It's not about what we can do to be right with God. It, it comes down to, to faith alone in Jesus alone. You know, if we believe what the Bible says, then, then there is a lot on the line here when we talk about the gospel and our responsibility to 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 be the gospel and allow the gospel to flow out of us. And according to Scripture, everyone ever born is going to end up in either heaven or hell. And, and, and the Bible makes it clear that the gospel is our only hope, our only hope to be forgiven, our only hope of being restored, of having broken lives put back together again. And so that is a sobering thought, should be for every one of us here, no matter what our view of God is. The eternal destiny of people that we do life with, people that we love, comes down to their understanding and their response to the gospel. And this painful reality, sobering reality, should be more than a passing thought. We do know how Jesus responded to this sobering reality by reading his own words in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, that read, for the Son of Man came 
to seek and to save those who were lost. He looked down, he saw our lostness, our sinfulness, our brokenness, and and he came, it says, he left heaven, the, the perfect environment with perfect relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to come down into a broken, sinful world, knowing what it would cost him, but his response to our need was that he came, and he came to seek, and he came to save. And it makes sense when we choose to follow Jesus that the very things that put a tear in his eye should be things that as we follow him, as we trust him, should increasingly capture our hearts and put a tear in our eyes. Jesus wants to be so much more than just our Savior. Now I'm going to heaven. He wants to be our role model, and as our role model, he he invites us to to watch me, to look at my life, learn from me. We see in Mark chapter 1, diving in at verse 17, Jesus called to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. You know, some of us here, we've been amazing about sharing our faith. It spills out of us, and and it's so important to us that, that, that we're constantly looking for and finding opportunities to share the gospel. For others of us, we really need to grow in this area. And so I want us to begin today by exploring some factors that, that may be holding us back from sharing the gospel. We've trusted Jesus, and, and we're his followers, but, but it, it almost never, ever happens that we're actually sharing the gospel with our world. The next key section here, uh, not ashamed, and, and, and this has been a key verse. I've referred to it uh, each week during the series, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed, I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. And we haven't focused on, on, on that first phrase where Paul declares, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of Christ. I'm not ashamed of his story. I'm not ashamed of of the good news that that he presents to us. Knowing Jesus, to us that have trusted him, is awesome. Knowing that, 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 that he is who he is, it seems illogical that we'd ever be ashamed of him, of his good news. He's, he, he's powerful. He's able to deliver us. He's just. He's loving. He's merciful. He's trustworthy. And, and best of all, he's on our side. Yet, I can tell you that, that almost every time in my life that I've shared the gospel, that as I'm getting close to turning the corner and saying, let me tell you about Jesus and what he's done for you. I have almost always felt a little bit of shame, a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of the sense of these people are, are, are probably not going to like what I'm going to say, or, or they're going to think I'm crazy, or they're going to right away, oh my goodness, I didn't see this coming. This guy is, is one of those people, and, 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 and authentic Christians are increasingly being categorized in very derogatory uh, 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 places. And, and, and so the thought is, you know, they're going to they're gonna want to edge me out. They're going to want to push me out of their lives. 
you know, reasons we might hesitate to share the gospel. You know, one thing that, that, that as a ministry leaders get together and talk about the needs of our congregation and our own lives, it, it so many times comes up just how busy our lives are. And, and, and we often don't have enough margin in our lives to really take the time to, to share the way we would need to share to introduce people to Jesus and, and to get involved in, in what many times, like our lives, are, are messy lives. And so, so we may say hi, we may choose to just walk by. Reasons we might hesitate to share the gospel. Another one that came to mind is we aren't, maybe we're not living in the power and the victory of the gospel. Maybe our, our marriages are messed up. Maybe our kids are messed up. Maybe we're, there's a pattern of sin in our lives. And, and, and maybe because we're not walking in that victory, we would feel like hypocrites to, to ever really share with enthusiasm that the gospel can actually change a life. Or, or if we're Long enough in patterns of sin, we might even be beginning, be beginning to doubt the, the very truth of Scripture. Is this real? And so, so it would not come natural for us to share it. A third reason, and, and I already own this one, uh, we, we want to be liked. We want to be accepted. And as I said before, authentic Christianity is, is increasingly being framed in those derogatory ways as, as being hateful, the absolutes of Scripture do not play well in, 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 in our world. There's a sense, folks, and man, if you're a follower of Jesus, there's a sense in, in which we must get over ourselves and get our eyes fixed on Jesus rather than, than on our fragile egos than, or our status, our popularity, or, or, or rather than focusing on us just wanting to always be comfortable in our lives. That's not what Jesus demonstrated for us. The gospel should supersede all of those things that become obstacles to us sharing it. The, the more the gospel, this is so important, the more the gospel captivates us, the more our fears, the more our shame, the more our selfishness is edged out of the picture you know, after some very powerful leaders almost killed them and then instead chose to severely beat them, the apostles responded. We read in Acts 5.41, the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And so how do you explain their response? They truly, their lives were on the line, and then they had to endure a, a bloody, painful whipping. And, and, and how can you explain that they go away rejoicing and, and, and counting the, it, it, it a beautiful thing that they were counted worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And it comes down to that, that, that these individuals, were, their identification was G, with Jesus ran so deep that their suffering felt like that was a right part of the picture of, of following Jesus to actually identify with him to the point to connect to him to the point that we would, would actually have the privilege of, of suffering for him, feeling some disgrace for him, feeling some shame for him. It's their way of shouting, we're with you, Jesus. And it says in the next verse, verse 42, they continued to declare 
everywhere they went that Jesus is the Messiah. They did not let fear, they did not let the enemy, they did not let opposition hold them back. 2 Timothy chapter 1, diving in at verse 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so Paul goes on to say, and, and, and he's coaching uh, Timothy, who's just, just rising up in leadership. He says, so never, never be, to, be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Don't feel shame, even though I'm in prison for him, looking like a loser, looking like I lost, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of of the good news for the sake of the gospel, the good news, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Our only hope, your only hope for forgiveness of restoration, of being put back together again. Oh, if you're a follower of Jesus, we must boldly share how his story has impacted our story it is critical to God's plan, Romans 10, diving in at verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, it is open to everyone. If they call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. That's what Jesus came to do. He was seeking the lost. He wanted to save the lost. How? But here's a big question. How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him, and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Pretty logical, right? Someone's got to tell them. This is why all of us who have trusted in Jesus must step up to explain his story and how his story has impacted our story the gospel, if really understood, should create an irrepressible need in us to share it. If we really get it, if we really understand it, if we've come face to face with it, if it's become personal to us, it should cause that irrepressible need to share it with others. I remember years ago looking outside and seeing two enormous horses in my backyard. There had never been horses in my backyard in the years that I had lived there. And, and, and I mean, I, I was captured by them and, and, and also a little afraid to go out there. And, and they were huge, bulging muscles, majestic, beautiful, and, and kind of because they were in new territory, my yard. They, they are, they're just filled with energy. And, and it was personal because it was, was in my yard. I wasn't hearing about it in someone else's yard. It was my yard, and it was quite an adventure to eventually get them where they needed to be. You know what? At that day, everybody I ran into, what did I tell them? <laughs> There were horses in my backyard. You should have seen them. Want to see this picture? <laughs> because they were powerful and beautiful. And because it was personal, they came into my yard. The gospel should capture us in the very same way. 
the gospel should capture us in the very same way. In Acts 4, the disciples were declaring the gospel, and it says thousands were responding to it, and this was a threat to the Jewish religious leaders, so they, they warned the disciples to never again, never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And their response was, Acts 4.20, we cannot, we cannot. How can we stop telling about everything we have seen and heard? It was personal to them. It was powerful to them. The gospel, Jesus, had permeated their lives, and there's no way that they could suppress that message of Jesus, his story, and how his story impacted their story. If the gospel is real and personal to us, then it's so important that we get sharing it. And so, so where do we start? And I, I appreciate so much Pastor Jamie uh, put me on to a, a, a website, Dare to Share. And I want to encourage you, and I have it on your sermon guide uh, somewhere on there. Uh, go on there. There are apps you can download. There is so much helpful information. And, I, and I've tweaked this a little bit, but this is very similar to what you'll see when you go on there. Life, it's called Life in Six Words, the Gospel. And, and, and this will just help you formulate in your own heart and, and in your own words the, the things that people really need to know in order to be able to begin a relationship with Jesus. And so, so, so you know, it's an acrostic. Uh, each letter of the word gospel stands for a particular word. And, and so the G is for God. God created us to be with him. And, and, and you can go to Genesis 1 or Genesis 2, and we see that beautiful story of a perfect creation and, and God creating Adam and Eve in perfection and, and desiring and giving them a perfect environment. The O stands for our, our sins separate us from God who is holy. Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed a mark. That sin separates us and, and we can can never measure up to God's holy standard. The S in gospel stands for sins. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace are we saved through faith. It, it's not of ourselves. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. It's the grace of God. It, it's the mercy of God. And it's simply and only what he has done for us all our good works can never close the gap between our sin and God's holiness, the P in gospel, paying, paying the price. Jesus died and rose again. Romans 5 eight says, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, and we know as we look at scripture, not only did he die, he was buried and he rose again. Only Jesus could be that perfect lamb, that worthy sacrifice who could die for our sins. The E of gospel stands for everyone. Everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever chooses to believe in him will not perish, but will have what? Everlasting life, eternal life, will spend eternity in heaven in the presence of God forever. Now, now I, 
I know I'm so youthful. I was afraid that maybe this message won't connect to the older generation. So I looked high and low for a video that would maybe connect to those of you here that are, are older. Let's watch this together. It's the full story of life crushed into four minutes. The entirety of humanity in the palm of your hand crushed into one sentence. Listen, it's intense, right? God, our sins, paying everyone life. The greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told, God. Yes, God, the maker and giver of life. And by life, I mean any and all manner and substance, seen and unseen, what can and can be touched, thoughts, image, emotions, love, atoms, and oceans, God. All of it is handiwork, one of which is masterpiece, made so uniquely that angels look curiously. The one thing in creation that was made with his imagery, the concept so cold, it's the reason I stay bold, how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul. Formed with the intent of being infinitely, intimately fond, creator and creation held an eternal bond. And it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong. A species got deceived and started lusting for his job and odd list of complaints as if the system ain't working and used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him. And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome. And by nature of your nature, your species, you participated in the mutiny, our, yes, our sins. It's nature inherited, black in the human heart. It was over before it started. Deceived from day one and led away by our own lust. There's not a religion in the world that doesn't agree that something's wrong with us. The question is, what is it? And how do we fix it? Are we eternally separated from a God that may or may not have existed? But that's another subject. Let's keep grinding. Besides trying to prove God is like defending a lion, homie. It'll need your help. Just unlock the cage. Let's move on on how our debt can be paid. Short and sweet. The problem is sin. Yes, sin. It's a cancer an asthma, choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God. And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection, but silly us, trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus. This is us, keep up your good deeds, chant, pray, meditate. But all of that, of course, is spraying cologne on a corpse. Or you could choose to ignore it as if something don't stink. It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe, but all of that ends with how good is good enough. Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection, good luck. That's life past your pay grade. The cost of your soul, you ain't got a big enough piggy bank, but you could give it a shot. But I suggest you throw away the list, cause even your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. Here's what God says is part A of the gospel. You can't fix yourself. Quit trying, it's impossible. Sin brings death. 
Give God his breath back. You owe him. Eternally separated. And the only way to fix it is someone die in your place. And that someone got to be perfect or the payment ain't permanent. So if and when you find a perfect person, get him or her to willingly trade their perfection for your sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness, his death functions as payment. Yes, payment. Wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection, we all cheered because that means the check cleared. Pierced feet, pierced hands, blood-stained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. And anyone and everyone, and by everyone, I mean everyone, who puts their faith and trust in him, and him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness. And here's what the promise is, that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ and Christ alone. You are receiving life. Yes, life. This is the gospel. God, our sins, paying everyone life. This is the life or death truth, our world, our, our family, our friends, our co-workers, our, our neighbors need to hear and we won't be consistently effective in sharing the gospel if we're not having intentional conversations. Are you having intentional conversations? Are you waking up in the morning thinking about how can I represent Jesus in my conversations with the people that I meet? I'm going to fly through these next five because every one of us is so different. Our conversations are going to look different, but I just want to encourage you to, to just start a conversation. And, and, and people love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about their interests, their concerns, maybe concerns about current events, maybe about their families. Maybe they want to talk about their goals. I encourage you to start conversations and listen, listen to what they're saying and in any way possible connect to them and support what they're saying. Secondly, look for openings to talk about his story, your story. Look for opportunity to say, you know what? I understand what you're saying and I have some of those same concerns. I want you to understand that Jesus has made a difference in helping me understand that conflict, that tension, that fear that you might be having. Number three, if it gets to the point where people are willing to hear what you're saying and you're sensing from God's spirit that, that this might be their day, and I want to say it could be your day-to-day, -day, just God brought you here. Every Sunday, there's different reasons that, that we come through these doors, that people come through these doors. And, 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 and today, the purpose for God bringing you through here may be to hear the gospel clearly and to, to trust him as your Savior. But if you sense a conversation going that direction, to ask, are you okay with me sharing how I began my relationship with Jesus? 
He's been a game changer to me. And if that answer is yes, and, and, and people more times than you think will say yes, I want to I hear more about that. If you've gotten that far in a conversation, then it's often hard to take this next step. And I know it has been for me, but it's so important. And that's just to ask the question, is, is there anything right now today keeping you from trusting Jesus as your Savior? And, and, and if they say, no, there really isn't, or if they have things they need clarified, take time to talk to them about those things, but offer to pray for them right then and there. And I don't have time to tell stories today, but I've been amazed. I have been in situations where there's no way I thought someone's going to receive, receive Christ, and they've said no to me, don't go there. And, and, and in the course of the conversation, I've been able to get to that point where I am praying a prayer with them, and they're trusting Jesus as their Savior, it will be the highlight of your life. And for some of you, you know what that's like. And, and, and lastly, no matter how the conversation is, has gone for you, no matter how far that conversation got, even if it's someone you met on the boardwalk for the first time, or, or someone at Walmart, assure them that you'll be praying for them about the things that they shared with you. And ask them, are there any additional things that, that, that I can pray for you uh, about? And I know that, that there can be a concern, and, and please hear me, absolutely, building a personal relationship with people is so important. And, and to build those friendships over time are so important. But I don't want, ever, ever want us to limit the power of the gospel to change a life, to be contingent upon my ability to be a nice person, to be a friend, and build a good relationship because the gospel is not limited by that. <laughs> it is powerful. It's the power of the gospel. Unleash the power of the gospel and trust the gospel. Jesus met a woman at a well, a Samaritan woman, an outcast. He took what looks to be less than a minute to direct the conversation into spiritual things, and, and he quickly got to her sin issues, and she had been messing up really badly in, in relationship after relationship. But by the end of that conversation, she's running into town to tell his story and her story. You know, Jesus, and I want to invite Katie and, and Andy to come confront at this time, and they're going to lead us in a beautiful song. But for every one of us here that have trusted Jesus, it's Jesus who made it possible for us to be rescued. It's Jesus that made it possible for us to have new life, to have hope. And, and it didn't matter how messed up our lives were, how broken our lives were, Jesus invited us to his table. There was a seat at the table for us based not on us and our story, but on his story. And we're going to hear a, a song that, that, that moved many of us a few weeks ago on Easter weekend. And I want you, as you listen to this, I want you to think about your story, your messy story, and your forgiveness and the difference that Jesus is making in your life right now how he has restored you and rescued you. And what I want you to really think about if you're a believer, 
I want you to think about who in your world needs to know that there's a seat at the table for them. There's a seat there for them, and, and that seat there at the table with Jesus is their only hope. Who is that family member, that friend, that neighbor, that coworker who needs Jesus? And if through this series, God has touched your heart, and for some of you, you've been doing this so good for so long, you've been sharing the gospel faithfully, I want you to come up. And I want you to grab a Gospel of John at one of the tables here, front or middle. And in doing that, here's what you're indicating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the Gospel. <laughs> I'm going to look for opportunities to invite people to the table. And I know it's not about me, it's about the Gospel and the power of the Gospel. And if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, and honestly, it's been so hard to do that, and you've let all kinds of things get in the way. I encourage you, though you've never shared your faith before, to go to one of the tables and pick up a gospel. And what you're indicating is, God, I'm going to ask you for courage to unleash the lion, to unleash the power of the gospel. And I'm going to stop making it about me, and I'm going to make it about you because I believe in you, and I believe you are the hope of the world. And so, as you hear the words of this song, I encourage you just to immediately get up, go to one of those tables, and grab a gospel, and indicate collectively, we the church, we are committed to sharing the gospel and seeing God transform lives. Amen? of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands everything you're going through Standing at a distance In the shadows of your shame There's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table Nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and He calls Bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry 
fears that hold your heart and Through the cross you've been forgiven You're accepted as you are And bring it all to the table There's nothing the ain't seen before For all your trials, all your worries And your burdens, there's a Savior in call Bring it all to the table Bring it all You can bring it all Come on in, take your place There's no one who's turned away sorrow and your sadness there's a savior in cause bring it all to the table bring it all to the table There's rare mornings that I get shaking a little bit. This is one of those mornings. I came across a story a few years ago by, in a book called The Barbarian Way by Erwin McManus. And he shared that most animals, when they're grouped together, have unique names that describe them when they're, they're together. And some we're familiar with, we know about bees being a swarm, a flock of birds, a school of fish, a herd of cattle, a pride of lions, an ambush of tigers. Did you know buzzards, when they're grouped together, are called a committee? Seems somewhat ironic. Uh, flamingos are called a flamboyant. And this is a great one. Crows are called a murder. <laughs> what about the rhino? <laughs> A white rhinoceros can reach weights upwards to 5,000 pounds, and they can run 30 miles an hour, and standing six foot tall, 5,000 pounds, that's a, a lot of weight, a lot of muscle. Moving forward at a high rate of speed, they run faster than a squirrel. Think of the damage that they can do, and an interesting fact to know about them is that they have lousy eyesight and 
really can't see much beyond 30 feet in front of them, and you would think that that would paralyze them, that that would keep them from charging forward full speed ahead. But with that horn and that weight, and as a group, they, they are fearless. <laughs> with no apprehension, they, they charge forward. And, and that leads to their name. Did I mention their name when they're grouped together? When joined together, they're called a crash. <laughs> And again, imagine the damage they can do. Even when they're just hanging out, getting a mud bath, they're still called a crash if they're in a group because of their potential, what they could do if they got up and started to move forward. And I want us to stand together here at the close of this service. And I want to say that, 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 that it's true of us too. Our potential, because of the power of the gospel, because of the power of Christ, that the, the, the power is, is incredible. And Jesus asked us, his church, to be a crash. And throughout the gospels, Jesus says things like he does in Mark 16, 15, where he says, go everywhere and tell everyone. And, and armed with the gospel... We're an unstoppable crash. And, and if you have a, a gospel with you, hold it up right now. Let's hold those in the air. And if you didn't get one and, and you're part of this crash, put your hand up. He asks us, his church, to be a crash, to go everywhere and to tell everyone armed with the gospel, we're an unstoppable crash that Satan and his demons cannot stand against. And God doesn't always show us what's 31 feet ahead of us, but he does ask us, his church, to commit to giving our all to unleash the power of the gospel. He wants us to do damage, his church, for the kingdom of God. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. It's the only truth, it's the only power on earth that can save us and transform a life. The world needs Jesus. The world needs the gospel. <laughs> Unleash the gospel this week, this weekend at J-Rock. And in the ensuing weeks, may we be a crash, not knowing where it's going to lead necessarily, 31 foot down the trail, but knowing that God's called us to be a crash, to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 God, you've heard us. We've sung it. We've demonstrated it. God, we want to be a crash for you, and we want to make it about you. And Lord, I pray that you might continue to direct each one of us to that person, those people, that we might have those conversations that can point people to you, both in how we live. And Lord, but if they don't hear, how can they receive you? That may we speak the words that need to be spoken for your honor, for your glory, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're here today and have questions, maybe even about your relationship with God, there's some of us up here that would love to talk to you. God bless you. Have a great week. Share the power of the gospel. Amen.